Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Good day and welcome back to Marley Ramone's Madman House of the Dead podcast, where I'm your host, Ryan Marlette. And it's quite an interesting time of year in upstate New York. Here it is early February, and you wouldn't believe, but the temperatures are pretty high. In fact, uh, just the other day, I was able to run outside for the first time in, in months and months. It was, it was a warm 55 degrees, a very stout number, that 55. And it was uh, most excellent. It was great. And it got even warmer the day after that. And today isn't too shabby either. In fact, I can hear some birds chirping outside. But that's uh, that's upstate New York. I guess if you don't like the weather, and how could you not like that? Just wait a few minutes. It'll change. They say that about every place. But I figured I'd say it here too. Because everybody says that. Well, listen, we're back in the studio the studio, which is my one-bedroom apartment, but that's okay, too. And I'm here to talk about a few things today. Uh, a few, as in four. But the, the one, one of them is a twofer. So I feel like I don't emphasize enough my work that I do on customized action figures. I guess it's considered a form of art, right? Because I guess any sort of creativity could be considered a form of art. So... I mentioned before that I wanted to spend a little bit more time in this new year talking about uh, a different variety of things because I like to, to work all over the place. And so that's just what, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. But listen, um, just relax, okay? I understand that some people out there might be butthurt because they didn't get a Valentine this year. Well, you know what? Not everybody got a Groundhog on Groundhog's Day either. So why don't you check your privilege, Karen? Okay? You hear me? Let's get started. But really, uh, I want to talk about a few different action figures, customs that I've done, and I I really enjoy doing these. I don't necessarily do them as much as I used to. In fact, I actually got really into it uh, between the years of 2020 and, and 20, pretty much kind of 2021, 20, 22. It was almost exclusively what I did for a very, very long time. I would get a lot of parts and pieces of figures off of eBay and combine them, make my own figures. I'd either create characters or I would 
just use those parts to make figures of people and characters that I, I didn't have otherwise. I'm a huge toy collector and I love being able to create custom images, do different things with them, different styles, or just simply, you know, do something that maybe hasn't been done yet. And so a lot of times I'll see something and I'll just get an idea instantly. And I'm going to talk about a piece that I finished just really yesterday, come to think of it, uh, a piece that's kind of a two piece deal that I finished at the very end of 23. And then one that's probably one of my favorite customs ever that I finished back in 2020. So let's get started. I was perusing Marketplace as I typically do on the Facebook and I came across an ad for this guy who was selling uh, a bunch of action figures and then he was also selling a giant 16 inch Mega George from the film Rampage, the 2018 film Rampage which stars The Rock and Jeffrey Dean Morgan among others. That's based on, uh, very loosely based, I might add, on a very uh, popular video game from back in the day. But the the figure itself is just this large 16-inch albino gorilla. And I saw that, and I have it already, like I have one. And I thought that it would be kind of cool to do something with that. So I reached out, I was able to make a bundled deal. I got all the action figures as well and got this big mamma jamma because I wanted to, to do something with that. I basically turned this behemoth into a, a more realistic version of Hanna-Barbera's Grape Ape. <laughs> uh, don't ask me where the motivation or inspiration came from. I just decided, you know what, um, that works. Why don't we do that? And it's not like I'm a huge grape ape fan but who didn't grow up watching the usa cartoon express that's hold on that's a limited question because obviously i'm dating myself um but classic Hanna barbera tons of great characters all over the map for years and years and years um wacky races i mean grape ape premiered in 1975 and was kind of a staple in that in that line of characters for quite a while. Of course, he and his his uh, companion, Beagle Beagle. But um, what I did was just simply repaint it. I took the whole thing and did it with a base coat of kind of not a very pronounced purple. It's almost more of a, of a, a pinkish purple, kind of a just a, a variety of different layers on top of that so that it, it, it really enhances the natural sculpt of the figure. So there's a, a very a, a dark, almost maroonish base coat, and then I've got a lot of dry brush over top of that, which helps to highlight those details. But then on the hands and feet and face, and ears for that matter, is a very distinct solid purple color. And I didn't need to really sculpt anything on this because sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's just a repaint. Sometimes it's a completely different configuration. In his case, I did sculpt a little ball cap because Grape Ape has this little ball cap that sits on the top of his head. 
as well as a little bow tie and this tiny little little jacket that uh, basically just kind of covers his shoulders and his arms. And to me, that was kind of the biggest fabrication that I had to do with this piece. It, um, I, I'm not capable of sewing, but I can absolutely hot glue the shit out of something. And that's what I did. I bought a green piece of felt, just a single piece, and I was able to cut uh, in a single piece, kind of a vest type, um, just kind of a fit that way. And it was cool because I was able to create somewhat of a lapel for each side of that vest, glued that down, and then I created a couple of sleeves based on some of the leftover material. And all of it's hot glued together, kind of seamless. You can't really tell where the glue is or any sort of other things like that. And I was also able to add some stripes because he has little stripes on his sleeves through some very light green ribbon. And that's, that is his entire ensemble. Typically in, in the cartoon, he rides on top of this tiny little van as if that makes any sense whatsoever, but I haven't put anything like that in place. Maybe eventually I'll find just the right proportion little vehicle that I can repaint to really complete the piece. But in and of himself, just the character, he's a uh, he's great babe. And, I, and you know, he looks realistic. He looks like a, he doesn't look like a cartoon. Like he's obviously painted in an unrealistic color scheme and he's wearing clothing and he's got a bow tie and a ball cap on. Obviously, he's not a, a realistic-looking character, but the sculpt of the original piece very much is realistic in terms of just being this giant gorilla figure. And so he's got big menacing teeth. He's got his eyes that are kind of giving you that thousand-yard stare, and you don't want to mess with him. You know, the, the cartoon character version might be big and cuddly. This one might just, you know, eat your face off. I don't know. I'm not sure what they do. But... Um, I'm not going to mess with him, but I really like it. And even though I just finished it up really literally on 9 February, it's uh, it's one of the few pieces that I have close by. And I wanted to just mention it because I just finished it up and that's the theme for this week. So I hope you like it. I'll post the pictures on the social media and it's, it's kind of fun. Um, definitely it was fun to work on and I thought it was just just a little bit different. I've never seen anything like it. Maybe you haven't either. The next piece that we're gonna talk about is actually a twofer because it comes as really two figures that are almost the same type of thing. I don't know, you'll see what I mean, or you'll hear what I mean, or hopefully you'll do both. But uh, I got these, I posted the original before pictures on the Facebook because my good buddy Stephen Michael of Attic 39 fame had gotten these, uh, well, he had tried to work on these, didn't think that they turned out well, and just asked if I could use them. He was basically doing a resin pour, doing practicing with some mold making and so forth, and he used a, a 1992 Hasbro uh, Sid Justice, Sid Vicious action figure uh, from WWF just to kind of try some things out with different molds and so forth, and so when he poured the resin a couple of times, it didn't quite take. And so he gave me these to work with and I immediately saw something that I wanted to, to mess around with because they're pretty cool looking, even if they didn't turn out as planned 
for him, they gave me new inspiration and something to work with. So the, the figure itself, or both of them rather, there's one that's, I would say, probably about mm, probably 96% complete, and the other one's maybe about a third complete, if that. And the molds didn't necessarily take in all spots. There's one figure that's fairly full, freestanding, has legs. The hands didn't quite work out, and the top of the head kind of didn't really take either. So <laughs> that gave me a little bit of something to work with. It, it immediately provided me with some inspiration. The second one is just kind of like a torso piece, and everything below the waist never took, and only a partial hand, and then just like a little nub on the other hand really uh, was just left off. And so it's just basically uh, his torso, his head, and just partial arms, whole arms, partial hands. Okay, so that kind of gives you the, the basis for it. And when I say it was a resin pour, it's just clear. It's just a clear, hard resin type figure. And you can pick up a lot of detail in the original mold. Like you could tell that by and large, he did a good job creating that mold. It was just a matter of the, the resin not fully filling the spaces and curing entirely. So the cool part about the resin is that it's, it is clear. It's completely transparent. Um, there are some air bubbles that got trapped inside, which make it even cooler because it looks like it's in motion. And so when I saw this, I wanted to, to not fully cover that. And I wanted to, to make sure that a lot of that still showed through because it was just so cool looking and it's, it's mysterious. It kind of gives off this shape shifter type vibe. And so when I saw it, I wanted to capitalize on that. And my ultimate inspiration for this was kind of based on both the Terminator and Predator franchises because this reminded me, being that they're two different figures, it could almost work together in terms of being different moments in time during a transition. And so I painted them both almost in the exact same color scheme, but they're, they are absolutely independent figures of themselves. And so the, the T-1000, as he changed all the different positions and characters in Terminator 2, I thought was just a, a really unique thing at the time. And, and, and for the, the time, the, the use of CGI was, was very early in development, but it, it worked and it was incredible. It was just one of those things that we'll always remember as kids growing up watching that film. And then with the Predator, I took inspiration from that because the way predators view their prey is in a form of heat signature. And so I wanted to capture that, but I didn't use traditional heat signature type colors, but I used the same idea behind it. Now the position of the action figure has a very wide base stance and the, the feature of the, the original figure from that 1992 Hasbro line, his move was the power bomb. And so, his, if you can imagine his arms down at his sides with his fingers spread out with his hands wide, that was the original look of the piece. And so with the full figured one, the hands didn't quite cure and nor did the top of the head. And so what I had to do with that is I decided to use some modelite and I sculpted 
hands, but they're kind of like in motion. So there's no detail with fingers or anything of that nature. So it's almost like it's in progress of shifting to something else. And it comes across as almost triangular or almost like a, like a three digit appendage with, uh, with some webbing in between. And so it's just kind of like still forming. The, the top of the head was not fully formed. In fact, there was like a big kind of a gap where it was, it was sunken in. And so all I did was I just I used that sculpting compound to, to create the rest of the top of the head. And so it doesn't quite match the original or the other piece for that matter because I didn't quite sculpt the hair exactly as it was, but it, it forms the top of that. So it's not just kind of flattened. So for the full figure piece, I used colors, originally I started with a black base and I used a flat black because it wanted to act as somewhat like a primer. And so I, I was able to kind of blotch it in. There's a huge section that covers about two thirds of the chest and stomach area that carries up towards the shoulders and onto the head. And then there's a little bit on the lower extremities uh, of the arms, the kind of the lower half from the elbow down. And his right leg has a little bit of a of a patch on his on his quad there, and then his feet, specifically around the the front half of the of the foot towards the toes. So I started with a black, and then I used like a teal. And then I layered that with a like a lime green and then a very bright uh, glossed yellow. And with that, they just kind of are blotchy and they they are almost fluid. You can almost tell by looking at them that they're they're flowing, they're moving. They're not necessarily meant to be anything solid. The face has somewhat of a, a like a black drip around the eyes. And the eyes are just solid, pure white dots. And the mouth, the teeth, are just solid white as well. What's cool to me is that the chin is left original and clear. And so the resin chin down into the neck and over to the right side of the chest provides that very crystal clear original image of the resin with the bubbles inside. So it looks like it's a very fluid, well-moving character. And, and it's I really love how it turned out. I, I used the dots that I like to use in a lot of things. Almost all my artwork I put randomly in different places. I used black dots and I used a, a little bit of the teal in certain areas. And so I've got it not only on the areas that I painted, but also in some of the clear spots as if it's kind of starting to come to the surface. So that's the full figure. And then the other figure that I used was the half torso. So it almost looks like it's coming up out of the ground. You could you could position it if you were to display this in some type of a of a place where well maybe it's like forming coming up out of a out of a drain or maybe out of some other orifice that looks like it would be him like pushing himself up out of whatever. And it's it's kind of cool too. Very similar the exact same color scheme but slightly different in terms of arrangement because it is different and so it's if it's a fluid type character it's always going to be in motion now the right hand is simply just a little nub the left hand is a little more formed and you can see where the digits are starting to kind of fan out but they they stop prematurely and they're not all there and, and so 
I really love how this sculpt turned out. It just happened by accident, but I was able to utilize it in the best possible way. The face is a little more detailed in this one as opposed to the other. Instead of leaving some of the area blank, I ended up using the whole face and it's got almost like a somewhat of a nod to, to Kiss or Alice Cooper because it's got very dark black around the eyes and it's dripping down. So it almost implies a little bit of that, that little bit of makeup use, but it's not intended to be exclusive. It's just resembles that a little bit, but those are the two resin pieces. And like I said, he gave it a shot, didn't quite work out. And he asked me if I could use them and I got super excited about it. I think he, he brought them over a couple days before Christmas and I was looking at them and it, it didn't take me any effort to, to come up with an idea. Sculpted, let that dry, and then just went right to painting. I think I probably spent a couple hours max on these, if that, because they just came so organically. And it was it was fun to work on and they're, they're just cool. And of course, because they're resin, they're just solid pieces. They're not going to move whatsoever. The original action figure sculpt actually has lines where the, the waist would have moved the head and then the arms, but it's just two solid pieces. And, and it was pretty cool. I finished this on 24 December of 23, Christmas Eve. What were you doing Christmas Eve? Well, I was working on action figures because I guess that's what I do on Christmas Eve. And that's it. So the last piece that we're going to talk about today is probably one of my most favorite, best customs that I've ever done. I'm super proud of it. I really love how it came together and it was just, it was very exciting for me. Um, it's Swamp Thing. <laughs> and at the time, I was watching the 2019, it was a one season short-lived on USA Swamp Thing TV series. And I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was money. It had uh, a very interesting cast. Um, it worked. Everything worked. In, in my opinion, I was, I was satisfied with it. It was a little hokey at times, but a lot of current superhero TV shows are, but I'm down with it. And it was even cool because Adrian Barbeau had made a cameo on an episode, which she actually starred in the original 1982 Swamp Thing film, which was cool. And even at 78 years old, she's still a smoke show. Let me tell you what, um, just saying. And so that inspired me to want to do a Swamp Thing piece. I was actually hoping that the show would be popular and it would take off and it would, it would create another new line of, of Swamp Thing action figures and, and whatnot, different merchandise, but it didn't really take off. So unfortunately we only got one season, but I decided I'm just going to make my own. So I was at the Dollar Tree and, and like I often do, bought some stuff and they had this, I'd never seen it before and I haven't really seen it since, but it was like a 12 inch kind of knockoff Power Ranger figure. And it was, it's like thin, hollow plastic. It, uh, like the legs didn't move. I think only the arms moved. It was very lame. It was, it was awful. And I thought this would make for a great base. So I picked that up. I picked up some of the, the at the time I was using, uh, what is it called? <laughs> I've lost the, the name of it. It's, it's Model Magic. Yeah, there it is. Use your words. Sorry about that. So it's a, it was a Model Magic synthetic 
uh, modeling clay, which I later switched to using preferably model light because it's, for me, it was just easier to work with and I enjoyed it, uh, the results a little bit better, but it still did what I needed to do. And so I kind of just started playing around with it. I started to, to layer up certain areas and I decided that if this was going to be the most effective, that I should probably keep it just stationary. So it's, it ends up being less of an action figure and more of a statue. Kind of like the Sam Squanch was that I did when I, I put that on quite a few episodes ago. I did the, the Hulk conversion. It was a, an Incredible Hulk base, and I kind of sculpted some stuff on top of that. That one's a little bit more uh, poseable, but this one is just a stationary piece and it, it actually kind of it still works because the way it would be displayed is is a great position and so i i locked the arms in place i kept it very uniform and then i just started going to town i sculpted the head really built up the shoulders and was able to expand because it the the figure itself had somewhat of a, a helmet on because it was a power ranger knockoff and so I was able to use that because Swamp Thing is this big menacing creature and he's got these huge broad shoulders. And so it was it was pretty cool to be able to just build that sculpt. And so with that, once I had everything in place and the, the, the size and the dimensions that I wanted, it was time to start detailing. And the detail really, as far as the sculpting goes, is all in the face. And he's got a very distinct and unique nose because it almost has like this triangular formation that starts at his nose and kind of comes down to about his chin around his mouth and then detail around the eyes and so forth. But I think what makes Swamp Thing the most recognizable is that, that distinct feature around his nose. And so I feel like this was captured pretty well in the sculpt and everything. And so I was very pleased with it. It's, I, it's like one of those things where I'm working on it and it was coming together and you just you feel good about it. And so that's how that's how this deal was. Once I had the sculpt where I wanted it, I had it pretty much dry, give it give it some time to harden. I just ran a quick green just foundational paint coat over top of it, and even then I was I was loving it. Um it felt good, it looked good. The chest was big and, and powerful. The the hands are are bald in fists. And it was just, it was solid. And now it was time to really put together some, some detailing. And so now that it was painted, I was able to see where I could embellish it even more. So I sculpted on the chest some vine work, which just kind of was following the contours of the natural muscular system. And looking at the way the chest was and formed, those vines were, were easy to do. I just kind of rolled some of that, that synthetic clay and just kind of molded them on there. And then I would wrap some around the legs and some around the arms. And so it gave it some, some texture and dimension. And then once that was good and hardened again, then I would go over it once more with a, a, another type of green. So there were several layers of greens and browns and different um, just color palettes mixed in there. So they, it, it gave that kind of multi-dimensional different series of plant-like colors. And then where the real magic happened when it all came together was when I started to apply the moss. Uh, 
So using just basic cheap ass Dollar Tree decorative moss and like different plant-like stuff. I don't even know what this stuff is called or why you would normally use it, but there's a whole bunch of this type of shit in the, in the craft section at the Dollar Tree. And I just snatched it up. If it looked natural, I mean, it is natural. It's real stuff. But if it looked like something swappish, plantish, vinish, whatever, I was gluing it to them. And it did. And it's very, like, very textured. It's very, I don't know. I mean, it just, it looks like something you see outside. I could throw this in the grass and stomp on it in the mud and it would just kind of, like, sink down into it. And you'd never even it would look like it belongs there. And then you pick it up out of there and it's, oh, it's Swamp Thing. You know, I found him. But I don't know. I, I dig it a lot, like an awful lot. And it was one of these things I kept looking at. And it was, at the time, I think I said I finished it on 7 January of 2020. Right before the entire apocalypse was popping off, you know, everybody thought that the world was happy and, and we were great. There was no threat of a, pandemic or any sort of virus to erase humanity all that we had to worry about was creating swamp thing action figures and so um yeah it's it, it takes me back to that moment in time but i bet you i worked on this for over the course of a probably a week or so maybe not even that long but it was fun to do and unfortunately it hasn't quite held up and stood the test of time i i have to do some maintenance on this thing I'm looking at it as we speak, and I'll post the pictures from the original sculpt and when I first had those, but um, it needs a little bit of love because the model magic, for whatever reason, uh, has cracked and it has kind of come apart in certain spots. Not that it doesn't actually add to the figure, because in some areas it absolutely does, but then in other areas you can see some of the original color showing through, which was a red figure. And that doesn't exactly work. The only place where the red does work, and that was intentional, is that I painted his eyes red. And I thought that between his eyes and his mouth, it gives just a little bit of contrast to the green so that it pops out and gives you something more to draw your eye in. And so that was something to me that I really valued with the whole thing, being able to focus on the face. Because I, I really, from head to toe, literally enjoy the piece. But the face is what does it for me. I really, really dig this a lot. And I look forward to even working on it just to, to, to repair him and bring him back. Uh, I got some miracle Grow, and I think that might do the trick. But it probably won't because that was just a joke. Boy, that was not good. But it, I'm sticking it in there. I'm leaving it. I don't care. Do what you want. So in other news, the band Disturbed actually had to postpone a show because as it turned out... Their lead singer came down with a sickness. But now that I have your attention, I want to conclude the show with a parting thought. It was a passage that I saw, I found online, and I don't know who the author is. I'd like to give credit where credit's due, but I don't know who it is. So I'll share the message and I'll let you be the judge, but it's something worth hearing. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. Don't let what's happening around you get inside you and weigh you down. So on that note, Marley Mates, we'll see you again soon. It is no surprise that Marley Mates are indeed the greatest listeners in the galaxy. 
That's right. So whether you decide to support me by listening to the show week after week, tuning into the Facebook Lives every now and then, or even following me on my social media pages of the Facebook and Instagram, that's greatly appreciated. But I've recently also started a merch shop. If you want to get your hands on some of the coolest Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch, head on over to Spreadshirt.com and find yours today. We've got logo stuff. We've got original artwork. There's plenty to choose from, and I'm always adding more. Also, I've recently started a Patreon page, and for just $5 a month, the cost of a mocha chalk of bullshit, you could have a membership to Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where with every new subscription, I will send you a personalized video message and mention you by name in a future podcast episode. If you should wish to participate, go on over and check it out. If not, no worries. I love that you keep coming back for more anyways. So I will talk to you soon. Tune in next week. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.